Welcome to iPad Pros, the show all about professionals using the iPad to be productive and get work done. I'm Tim Chen, host of the show. There's a few very, very big things that we would like to, to tackle that nobody else has really tackled in a way that we find good or sufficient. And those things will really take, I guess, I, I'm not sure, but I guess it will take like multiple years of engineering work to get them done. So, and, and those are big, big investments. And um, so I, I'm going to give you one example because that is something that we really, really, really would like to do. And that is, collab- that is collaboration. We would like to be able to have you share any any part of your, of your Ulysses library, just a single sheet or a folder or whatever, with anybody else that, that you'd like. So, and, and work together on projects without even noticing that working together with the other ones except that like maybe there's new text coming in that you didn't write but like two people sitting on on two devices on the same iCloud account working together but we would like to do that across iCloud accounts we've considered all the easy options we've been talking about it for quite a while already now and we had to realize that there is no easy option for us and that we will have to rebuild the whole infrastructure below the app so all the storage backend all the file format all the like like the logic inside the app, we would need to redo all of that to make this collaboration work. And, and that's why it's so complicated and it's such a big thing to tackle. On today's episode, we have Max from Ulysses. Max is the lead developer and co-founder of Ulysses. During the interview, we discuss who Ulysses is for, we deep dive into some of the app's more advanced features, and spend some time discussing their move to subscription pricing. Ulysses, for those that don't know, is a professional writing application. The app provides a clean, distraction-free environment to create markdown-based text that can then be exported into a bunch of different formats. I use the app both at my day job to create documents, and it's what I use for this show to create the show notes. I've tried a lot of different writing apps, and Ulysses is the one that works the way I think. I'd encourage anyone looking for a great writing app to try out the 14-day free trial. As a reminder, I'm always on the lookout for professionals using the iPad in unique ways. If you have a story you'd like to share, please get in touch with me. You can email me, ipadprospodcast at gmail.com, or send me a message on Twitter at ipadprospodcast. Without further ado, here's my interview with Max. I'm here today with Max Zellerman of Ulysses. It's not Ulysses Software. What's the actual company name? Um, the company name is Ulysses, actually. So, oh, it is. So okay, the full, it has a legal extension, but um, the company name is Ulysses. Okay. And what's what's your role there, Max? I'm the co-founder and lead developer. Okay. And I run operations and finance and <laughs> <laughs> what, like what what you do as a founder. Yeah. Now, Ulysses is fairly old app. How how, how many years is it going now? Well, we started, I think, 14 years ago. Maybe it's 15 by now. I, I always forget like the exact date and then need to recount. But it's really long ago. And we already did Ulysses there together with, with my partner, Marcus and I. And we just didn't stop since then. Yeah, yeah that's fantastic. Who's the app for? And has that changed since you started 14 years ago? It's changed considerably so um originally started out marcos wanted to write a novel he he never explained it in great detail to me 
but he wanted to write a novel and was looking for an app could do that in and he found nothing that he found suited so he came up with an idea and looked online for someone who could make it and me still being in school back then i just replied yeah let's do it and that's how we started out so but the original version was just for, for novel authors and we then over the years extended it to be a bit more capable but in 2013 we have redone it completely so we've thrown it all away and reimagined the original idea of the writing app to be more broad and more suited for more modern writing cases like blogging, which hadn't really existed when we started out. And then we later added sync to mobile devices that didn't really exist at all when we started and even were very bare when, when we redid the app. So it's, it's been changing. It's changing quite a lot, actually. Okay, so it's now, yeah, now on iOS with the sync. And what to you makes Ulysses special and stands apart from the other writing applications out there? I think it's a combination of a few things that are not, maybe maybe not totally unique to Ulysses, but that are executed well and in the combination with the other things that we have make up a package that is unique. So I think we have editing environment that is easier to use, especially when it comes to inserting links or handling images than it's done in, in many other apps. We do have a library where you can organize your text, which is still quite uncommon with text editors to have that. A few added it over the last few years, but but not, not everyone has something like that. Obviously, we have the, like the cross-platform aspect. Many apps do offer mobile versions, but those are cut down in features. And we aim to make Ulysses identical on all platforms, which means bringing a full desktop productivity app down to an iPhone SE size and not cut a single feature. I think probably maybe also one of the most important is the export that we have. It's common, for example, for Markdown apps to export to HTML. But what's not so common is to bring that to PDF and EPUB and Word files. And we spend a lot of time and a lot of energy into making that work seamlessly and look good and be be good to post process in case for example of word so these are all these are all aspects that sort of exist partially elsewhere as well i guess but in the combination there's nothing like ulysses yeah now you mentioned your co-founder is a writer do you do much writing of your yourself that you use ulysses for well he is not a writer he wanted to write a book which is a very big difference. <laughs> I, I think he, he's never actually written anything beyond short stories or something. Okay, yeah. Um, I ha actually have written a book. Um, I've written I've written a programming book, but it's a couple of years ago. So it was still in the old Ulysses before we've redone it. And since then, I haven't found too much time. But I have also written my own thesis during university in, in Ulysses. And now when I write a blog post or need to write a pitch or a lengthy email or something, then I, of course, do it also in the app. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, because the vlog's uh, fairly active, and I notice you use Medium as well. Yep. And you, you you export directly to Medium from Ulysses, then, I'm guessing. Yeah, right, exactly. What's your favorite, when you're working on the iPad, what's your favorite part of the iPad app, your favorite feature? So the app basically has the same features as on all other devices, but the iPad is an, is an interesting intersection of an extremely focused platform because you only run one app 
most of the time. I mean, you do have split screen, but most of the time you just have one app full screen. So the platform itself is already quite distraction free. You don't have menus that and and in the dock. I mean, you have them now, but it's it's not as present as as for example on the Mac. But then again, you also have a full size on screen keyboard, which you don't have on on an iPhone. So the combination of and, and the crossover of traditional desktop usability and mobile focus and compactness. I mean, an iPad is very compact and small and light device. This is really what makes it shine on the iPad. Yeah. Now, do you think there's features within its interface on the iPad that some users haven't discovered yet? And what features do you think most users haven't really come across that they, they should have? So, so for that, I've, uh, I've actually looked looked a bit of, bit of stuff up so and, and, and checked what, what we usually tell users that contact us and want something and we say hey it's already there (laughs) (laughs) so one one of those things uh, definitely is quick open on the mac it's just a shortcut but on ipad there's a loop button and it searches the entire library full text search you can even scope it to where you are just the project you're on or you can search the entire library Um, and that is full keyboard accessible so you can like if you have an ipad with an external keyboard you can just with a shortcut go to any sheet in the whole app yeah, command command O for for that. Yeah, right. I discovered exactly. that the other day and it was very helpful because yeah, I, I keep some I guess cheat sheets for some common things I look up at at work and it's like it was very very useful for that. Right, exactly. So one thing that many people also don't know is that the statistics are customizable. So when you, for example, write in a sheet, then you see a bunch of of statistics on on the bottom on ipad and iphone there's a gear and if you tap on that you can select which ones you want to see and there's new ones that are not shown by default for example reading aloud time which is good for preparing presentations or uh, talks which calculates the time it would need to read this text aloud on a mac it's even a bit more hidden it's it's a bit more difficult because on mac you need to click on the button it opens the popover and then you need to grab the popover and tear it off the window. And only then the gear button appears and you can click it. And only then you can enable or change the settings uh, and, and what, what kind of statistics you would want to see. It really is quite a bit hidden. But once you know where it is, you will not forget it, I think. This is something that many, many users probably don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, iOS 11 was announced uh, earlier this year in the early summer. What features in that release are you excited to start to implement with Ulysses, especially for iPad? It's drag and drop all over the place. I cannot exactly say how it's going to turn out because we're not done yet. Mm -hmm. But we are going to change a lot about the interface, about the structure, about the interactions now that there is drag and drop on iOS 11. That's definitely certain. So Yeah, I was looking over it, just the interface and things I do in Ulysses. Things like organizing sheets could potentially use drag and drop to do that, moving sheets from one group to another. Uh, right, exactly. That's what's going to happen. And in the way you, you handle documents, does that tap and hold feature on an app icon to pull up a recent file, will, will, would that potentially work to quick access Ulysses sheet I'm not entirely sure here, but I'm not sure if other apps can adopt that. We haven't looked too much into it, but as far as I can tell from what I've seen until now is that it, only the Files app can do that. Okay. Yeah, I've seen uh, um, Apple apps, like uh, Pages does it, 
which is interesting because right. that one didn't even get an iOS update yet, the version I'm using. So, yeah, I'm curious yeah. how that, that works. Yeah. And so I don't know exactly. So we'll have to check. Okay. Excellent. There's the question what kind of file format we expose from there, if, it, if that should be rather Markdown or if it should be our own file format. We'll have to see. Uh, but I, I will definitely check that out. Yeah. And is there anything custom about the way Ulysses handles text that that will make drag and drop needed to be something custom from from what uh, is available to the system? I think in the end for the user, it will, it will look like pretty standard. I fear there's a few corners that we have to put a lot of energy in to make it work like the user would expect. <laughs> yeah. We want to make it in a way that users feel it like it's it's the standard implementation. I mean, that's sort of part of the whole app implementation, like make things that are complicated to do feel like they are super easy. Yeah, exactly. Any yeah. other iOS 11 things that we didn't... Uh, no, no, uh, no AR kit for Ulysses. <laughs> No, no, no AR kit, which would be actually quite funny. So you could have a virtual sheet and handwrite on it, but um, I don't know. Yeah. The only other thing that we've played around with right now is Siri integration, but that still feels like in early development stages or not yet completely solid. So we don't know if we want to ship it or if we, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or if you wait a bit longer. Yeah. But that could be a cool thing to have Siri on your iPhone and say, hey, put this and that into Ulysses. And it's just there. And SiriKit was added for to do apps, but also note taking apps. Is that right? Yeah, right. All this Siri integration, we, we've tried a lot. We didn't really get it to work like we wanted it um, okay. right now. So we have to see how, how things change. We're still in beta. So we are. Um, yeah. We'll have to see. Yeah. Now, one of my favorite features, Ulysses, you spoke about it a little bit earlier, is the powerful export options. You start with one format of Markdown, and then from there go to, to a lot of different formats. What's yeah. some of your favorite exports you've seen, You know, custom exports that have been written for, for the app? To give a bit of context, is when we, when we built the export, it was sort of clear to us that couldn't satisfy all needs. So the idea is a bit like give a good output that is easily to post-process. I mean, it doesn't work for PDF, obviously, but for example, when you export a Word file, it has all these style settings and you can easily go into Word and just say, hey, make headings like that and, and so on and so forth. So post-processing is a very important aspect to how we design the export. And what I usually find most impressive is if that's not needed. Like if people publish their eBooks directly to the iBook store without any post-processing after exporting from Ulysses. Just imagine that. I mean, you write a whole novel in just plain text and maybe just have a few headings or something, or a few mm -hmm. images, and then you go into an export pane, enter your name and the title of the book, add an image, and that's it. I, I find that to be extremely cool that people are satisfied with those results already. That is pretty uh, impressive to me, to be honest. Yeah, and you are able to write custom exports as well. That's a Mac feature. Is that that's within the native interface, or is that something other coders are kind of programming new export options that you can add to your iPad app? We don't really have any plugin API or something. So what we do have is styling options. You can create them on any platform, but it only is like nice to make them on the Mac for now. Mm -hmm. You have a lot of options regarding the looks of your output and, and 
people like really spend tons and tons of energy on making, for example, the PDF output look exactly like they want. And then the interesting thing that happens is that once they spend their time on making it look like they want, they won't need to change it anymore. And when, whatever they write is just one click away from their perfect output. And that really, as a flow, I, I find very impressive and the, the energy that people spend on that. Yeah. So you have custom export, and then I've also, I haven't really played around with this part of it, but I believe there's a way to change your writing environment to have custom fonts and coloring for like the background color and the font right, color right. itself. What's, what's that component like? So we added that feature, and with it, we launched a website where you can upload the styles and, and you can discover other people's styles. The site is now a bit dated, but surprisingly, it's still very active, and, and people share many, many uh, styles every month, and others download a lot of them. So there's a few styles that have been downloaded over 1,000 or maybe 2,000 times. People really love to make the app theirs with this option. But what I feel is like they do it once or maybe twice and they tweak it. But once they're done, they are just done. And then they are free to write in an environment that just just fits their, fits their style. Yep. Okay. And as far as export options, does Ulysses export everything you feel that a writer would want it to go? Or are there other options you're you're looking into adding in the future there's a few really really big ones that i like don't want to promise anything yeah, about sure. but in the midterm i think most things that will happen with the export is tweaks to the existing ones so we will probably have more customization options to most formats okay. so there's yeah. people asking for options to set in the html exporter we will try to make the exporters that we have broader and add more features to them so for example the pdf export could use could use a few new features that have been requested quite often things like that but there's nothing concrete i can announce at the moment and i really don't want to put up too much hope for anything sure, special understandably um, don't uh, yeah. announce before it's it's uh, too close to but, being ready yeah. I think it's okay to say that we are working on a completely new PDF export as we talk. Yeah, I've I've added so many custom PDF exports because there are a lot of, of tweaks I, I want to make as I'm exporting each different project uh, that needs to display slightly right. different. So yeah, that'll be very nice. There'll be a lot more knobs to turn. Good. Yeah, that's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because you'll have uh, some instances where with uh, page breaks and images in there that you'll just have half a sheet empty because of just how your text right. is laid out. Right, exactly. And then those are really difficult to fix, but we hope that by redoing it completely from scratch and building a completely own layout engine, not using anything that's provided by the OS, we can fix all of that. Excellent. Now, I was looking in the export the other day and noticed text bundle. What is text bundle what does that enable as far as different workflow options and integrations for ios or mac os the origin of text bundle was that we were talking to brett terpstra he's the author of, of marked which is markdown preview tool and we were talking to him and we're talking about that it's sort of sad that we cannot like share text with images to his previewing app then we we thought about it and we realized, well, it would actually not be too hard to have text and images bundled together inside a folder. Then we decided it would be good if we can like make a specification for that and, and have it 
publish as a as a standard sort of thing. So this is what we did. This is what text bundle is. It's a folder with the markdown file and a few images in there. And the images can be referenced from the markdown file. You can either share the folder as such or you can zip it up. Either way, it's always a text and the images and the attachments that go with it. And this enables us to like have a one-click previewing option uh, of a text with images and marked. And or for example, another one that I really like is, is MindNote, where you do your mind map and you can also add images and annotations and all like that. And they always did offer a uh, markdown export, but that obviously lacked the images. And if the images are sort of part of elementary part of your process, that would be really annoying to just go back and forth and copy all the images over if you wanted them and right so right now you can just export from MindNode as text bundle and the text bundle would get opened in ulysses and would have all the plain text and images there so that is sort of our solution to the to the issue of having media go along with plain text yeah interesting yeah, and a lot of i noticed on the website a lot of different apps are supporting that yeah, it's getting more and more. So it was a slow, was onto a slow start. I think for the first year or so, it was just marked in Ulysses. But I guess as people ran into the problem and looked for solutions, they maybe found it and then said, "Yeah, well, let's all do it the same way, so it's all compatible." Yeah. Now, importing into Ulysses is it just pure text? I, I know there's a iOS extension to import. Uh, would the text bundle go both ways? Yes, we can import and export text bundle. And if you, for example, have an ex external folder on Dropbox, you can even store your text text bundle format there. So this allows you to work on Dropbox and have images. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, there could be some interesting yeah, ways people are using that for sure. Yeah. Are there any other ways, other uh, third-party apps integrate with Ulysses in interesting ways? Uh, we do have quite a few, so different on iOS and macOS, but for example, on, on iOS, we do have the workflow integration. Before the guys were bought by Apple, I think quite a, quite a long time before that, actually, we worked together on making workflow work well with Ulysses, so you can push text into Ulysses, add notes. I think they even recently updated it to be able to read from Ulysses. And we just launched in July, we launched a big extension to our Xcallback API, which is at the moment, at least our primary way of interacting with the app and mm -hmm. our primary API. And you can now access everything inside the app. You can reorder, you can change text, you can delete stuff. All of that is possible. And with that, we build an integration with the Aon Timeline. I'm, I'm not sure if you know it. It's a Mac app to plan your novel and give events a time and view multiple storylines and shift things around. Okay. And Aeon Timeline can sync the timeline with the text that is inside Ulysses. And this goes via this integration. So it's it's really, really powerful. As So as you create a new sheet in Ulysses, a new event will appear in Aeon Timeline and vice versa. So you can reorder events in Aeon Timeline and they will reorder in Ulysses. All kind of interactions possible. Yeah, that sounds pretty powerful for sure. So you could have be working with the same text in two different visual formats so your brain's thinking a little bit different right. in each mode. Is this something exactly. available to only Mac OS developers or is this an API that carries through to iOS as well? Well, the, the workflow integration started on iOS, and so did the Xcallback API. So we just only recently brought it to Mac. But okay, gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. 
Aeon Timeline, I think, exists only on the Mac. So there's no timelining auto-syncing solution on iOS yet. Okay, but maybe um, one day. Maybe one day, yeah. <laughs> Can you walk me through the process of working with images within Ulysses and how people are using that? Um, I know there's attachments, and I know you can embed it directly in the sheet as something different. Um, how does that all work? It's basically the idea that there's images that you might want to just reference for writing or that you want to have in your text. So one thing, if you do put it into the attachments, it's sort of thought of as a, as a note. For example, you describe in a novel, you describe a house or a forest or something, and then you have a photo of something that look, looks like that or similar. So you have it with your text all the time, but it's not part of the text. And then you can have these images inside the text, which obviously is images inside text. If you do graphs or photos or tell a story and you want images. So these are the two, the two uses and therefore there's the two places for, for images to be. Yeah. Okay. To be. And have you considered a way to have one image be in both places for some use cases? We do know that split can be suboptimal in some cases and maybe even be confusing to new users or not feel feel right we know that it's sort of grown into what it is now and was usually originally thought of to be much simpler mm -hmm. and we do have a few ideas to unify it back so you can still have your images as notes and you can still have your images part of text but making this a strict difference between the two might may go away at some point okay so yeah, we do have ideas but we have nothing nothing planned at the moment sure okay. and we are not not working on it <laughs> gotcha yep <laughs> and with exporting images the text bundle of course supports it in pdf and word are the in so everything except for i guess just pure text of markdown would support image images going out too right mm -hmm. okay I guess the last question before we move on to the, the new business model of Ulysses is what's the most impressive project you've seen create with Ulysses and do users share their success stories with you as they create awesome content with it? Yeah, there's, there's quite a few users that talk about using the app and we interview a few of them from time to time uh, on our blog. And then there is a few users that we know of that use the app because they've, for example, written us support emails or something that we cannot share because they didn't share it publicly. And that is, there's quite a few very well-known persons in there that I cannot share right now because... Right, like, yeah, privacy. <laughs> so there's a few published authors that are very well-known in their space, I would say. I'm not sure if you know David Hewson. He's a criminal author. I think The Killing was something he wrote. And then there's Meng To, who did the design and code lectures on, on Sketch and on coding with Xcode. There's a lot of people in there that are very well-known in their respective fields that use Ulysses. Last year, Ulysses won the Apple Design Award. And during the ceremony, during the presentation, the presenter, he was Michael Wong from Apple. He mentioned that Ulysses is used at Apple. So I think that is High praise, something I yeah. can now say, say, safely, safely say that Ulysses is being used inside Apple and not too, too, too little. <laughs> right, yeah. That's high praise for the the maker of the OS and hardware to be using right. your app, yeah. Right. 
Now, let's now uh, move into the new business model for Ulysses. A couple weeks ago, you announced the move to subscription. Why did your company decide to move pure to pure subscription rather than like a base app with subscription for some additional features like the export part of Ulysses or something like that? So we've talked a lot about that. And we have spent endless hours on concepts on how to make that. The short answer is we did not find a way to cut it in a way that is usable in the free version and it totally makes sense to get the, the pro or full or whatever you wanted version. Yeah. So for example, leaving out export would be a pretty dumb idea for, for, for a text editor. I mean, who writes text mostly for self? I, I guess there yeah, are Yeah, people. I agree. Yeah, it'd be but, a, but, but, a real but, encouragement to like, subscribe to get it out. But that but, would be kind yeah, of cruel to the user too, like, right? Then it's a weird cut. I mean, you can... You can write in this app, but you cannot get it out. That That is very weird. And maybe would even be like misleading or something. I don't yeah. know. So you would need at least some basic export. But for many, for many users of us, that's already sufficient. Like You could also say, yeah, well, let's make these two exports free and all the advanced ones you need to pay. Or I just make... For example, the PDF export is a single purchase or something. And then you quickly run into situations where a lot of people just don't need this one export, but they need the other one. Mm -hmm. and, and what you could do is like to split it into three packages or like make it an online writer, an offline writer package or something like that. And But it always ended up being complicated. And how would we explain that? How would we communicate it? We have now four different versions that we offer both right. month, Messaging both monthly gets and really yearly. Tricky. And then there's the pro one that has all of those combined. And so that, that really gets complicated. We just didn't find a cut that, that we found reasonable. Now, the world's changed since Ulysses launched uh, 14 years ago. Right. What, what about the new... Uh, economies uh, make this a move uh, Ulysses need to make? So the the issue that feel most indie developers also are running into is that the world around apps has dramatically changed 14 years, but maybe even longer. It started even before that, but 14 years ago, you still used to be different. So what it used to be is you would go and buy a retail copy of an app or a game or whatever you got and originally usually used to be a bunch of floppy disks and what you bought was what you what you got i mean you got the software copy and it would never ever change and because at that time there were no updates or something you would also never ever change your hardware but then with the advancement of the internet it, it got more and more common to like first add small patches then add some new features until today where like release a 1.0 and it's mostly the sketch of the idea of the app that it will once be. So it, nowadays, it's extremely common to ship a lot of features later on and, and do a lot of a lot of updates. And combined with that comes pressure from the platform. Like when we started out 14 years ago, macOS was still a paid operating system. You would have to pay like a hundred and fifty dollars or hundred eighty, or I don't I don't remember the exact price, but it was quite a lot. Yeah, I remember one one twenty nine. And then it, I remember 129 for one of the updates. I think it was Tiger or something. Yeah, right. So you would have to pay a lot of money to get the new OS, which would lead to that, a, that kind of a steep, steep adoption curve. And one year after the release, like 
maybe a third or a fourth or something of, of all users on the platform would get the new OS. But nowadays, it's like one week later, almost everybody has the new iOS version or has the new macOS version. And this puts pressure on the developer because every new macOS version or iOS version ships features that the developer needs to adopt. And before, we had a lot of time, but now we don't. So we need to go in the go with the cycle of Apple and we need to very often revise our app. And then in between those yearly cycles of OSs come in new devices and new device sizes. We had, just this year, we had new iPad size. It was the 10.5 inch. It was a size we hadn't before. And we had the touch bar on the MacBook Pro, which is a completely new way of interacting with a Mac. And then the year before, we had the 12.9 inch iPad Pro, which was completely different. And we had the pencil that launched along yeah. with it, which was a completely new way of interacting. So and as these things get released throughout the year, it's like every three or four months, there's a big change that you need to adopt very quickly. So what you have to do as a developer and as, a, as the app, you have to adopt very, very often. You have to launch a lot of updates. You have to be in lockstep. It's no longer the thing that where you build an app you sell it and you're done and you build the next step. It's now you build an app and you need to continuously work on it to keep it up to date, keep it modern. And um... Yeah, it makes sense. Microsoft, they used to buy Microsoft for Mac version, whatever, 10 uh, in 2010. And then two years later, they have 2012 and you buy a different version. Now it's Office 365. It, it makes sense to have this living app that's continuing to get better. Yeah, this is the reason why we switched to subscription. I mean, to a business model match with the way users expect updates and how the platform evolves and not require us to like do weird weird things and, and, and like things that are against our will just to make to, to keep in the business and, and to, to keep it all running. Yeah, and you read a really great blog post at Medium just about history of software development and releases and why why this shift is i'm also going into all the alternatives that we've considered i think that would bust the the scope of this discussion now but in this host i i go into all the options that we've considered and why there were no option for us yeah so with the new business model you have sustainable source of of revenue to be able to continue to add new features and keep up with apple's rapid pace of development are there other things this enables new features that you're able to fund that maybe weren't possible in the old model there's one aspect that is, that is important for me with this with the switch. It's it's not a crowdfunding action, you know. It's not that we like went out and said, "Hey, we need to switch to this model so we can do this and that." It's mostly a switch to this new model to to keep in business and to gain more possibilities for the things that we want to do that we believe are good for everyone. But that being said, there's a few very very big things that we would like to to tackle that nobody else has really tackled in a way that we find good or sufficient. And those things will really take, I guess, I, I'm not sure, but I guess it will take like multiple years of engineering work to get them done. So, and, and those are big, big investments. And um, so I, I'm going to give you one example because that is something that we really, really, really would like to do. Yeah. And that is that is collaboration. We would like to be able to have you share any any part of your of your Ulysses library, just a single sheet or a folder or whatever, mm -hmm. with anybody else that, that you'd like. 
so and and work together on projects without even noticing that you're working together with the other ones except that like maybe there's new text coming in that you didn't write yeah but like two people sitting on on two devices on the same iCloud account working together but we would like to do that across iCloud accounts we've considered all the easy options we've been talking about it for quite a while already now and we had to realize that there is no easy option for us and that we will have to rebuild the whole infrastructure below the app so all the storage backend, all the file format, all the like the logic inside the app, we would need to redo all of that to make this collaboration work. And and that's why it's so complicated and it's such a big thing to tackle. And Yeah, it's a hard problem to solve. There's a lot of right. people I know that would love to dump Google Docs because it's kind of a hot mess as far as their, their iOS components. Right. And yeah, if you're able right. to like, create something really killer, that'll be a godsend for a lot of people that do use collaboration and would like to use it in Ulysses, which is their favorite writing app. Right. So, see, there's a lot. I think there's a lot of unpronounced demand for that because people like sort of like feel, well, this is so complicated. I cannot ask that from them. But we are sort of really into the game of doing that really complicated stuff, and and we would really like to like have it have it work and ideally make it work without us launching our own cloud service yeah so that is another challenge because we don't want to host user data i don't want to be in that business right if i can make it work on icloud for example i would vastly prefer that but that's a lot of work yeah i could see a lot of websites using ulysses then as uh the tool they used uh, when they're working on on different long-form blogging projects to have editors in there and yeah that'll be wonderful Right. So, and then, then there's a lot of things, go- for example, just with the collaboration things, there's a lot of things going on there. Like there's synchronous collaboration and there's asynchronous collaboration, like with review cycles. And there are so many things that go along with that. So if you want to do it right, then there's so many things that need to be done with that. And it's not unlikely we'll start with a few parts of that and release them early and uh, like have the big switch to enable true live collaboration only later on. This is a really big project that, that we will tackle as soon as we know we can safely start working on that and, and spend like multiple engineering years on it. Yeah, the, the thing you just mentioned, asynchronous, so you could have someone submit for review to you know the, right. the final uh, gatekeeper before something goes live on a website or you're submitting a exactly. draft of your book to some. Yeah, that, that's, that's going to be wonderful. Now, I noticed you're finally able to offer student pricing on iOS with this new model. Can you speak about a little bit about how student gets set up with Ulysses for their iPad or iPhone or even Mac? What you basically just do is you open the app, you tap the students button, and then you fill in your name, your email address, and photo of your student ID or any other kind of proof that you have and you send it to us and we right now we have to still manually review it, so it's going to take a day or two. And then we'll get back to you with the link and the link activates special subscription tier that is vastly cheaper than any other thing else that we offer. I think in the US it's ten ninety nine for six months. So it's less than $2 a month. And it's not renewing. You just get it once and you can use it up and then you can decide if you want to take it another time. It's no no automatic renewal, okay. which I think is, is good for student budgets so that there's no, like, they can, like, if you want to renew, do you have to submit uh, the ID again? Depending on what you submit, we accept it for like one one time or multiple times. Okay. And the app will, but the app will warn you before it runs out. So you are still 
on the student plan and I think one week before it runs out, the app will tell you, hey, your status will soon run out. You can apply now and then be ready for when it runs out. Okay. To just continue using it without a break. Yeah, and when the subscription does lapse, say you are taking a writing break, you're still able to get into the app and access all your text documents and do whatever exports you want from those, right? Yes, yes. Okay. It will all it's all there. It's nothing is nothing is going away. You can export and import everything. The only thing that you can't do basically is type. Okay, gotcha. How long will the existing apps continue to receive like compatibility updates for functioning on the OSs? Not, not maybe the features of iOS 11 or High Sierra, but just uh, compatibility. That's a difficult. That's a difficult question um, because the only answer I, I can give with absolute certainty is not very satisfying. And and then I can give an answer that is more satisfying but is uncertain. Yeah. So, <laughs> and that that is the issue that we've also run in with our customers in, in recent in the re- last two weeks and, and talking to them. So that um, they wanted to have a guarantee, and I said I cannot give you a guarantee that this right, will work. Right, because a lot of the compatibility. Updates would also include feature I, I, updates I, as a ma- I, you know yeah, I, I, so yeah they're kind of intertwined right I have no I have I have no idea what's going to happen in the future so I cannot promise um, that that we will update the app for that but what I can tell you is is this the app right now has been patched for the new OSs so it's ready for High Sierra and it's ready for iOS 11. While there's theoretically the chance that this still breaks in like the next few weeks the history tells that if something's not really broken until like the second or third beta it won't break until the until the final release so the chance is that there's a problem with those os is, is, is quite quite small and after that i can tell you that the old ulysses so the one <laughs> the one went before we redid it completely we have been kept updated until today so that is more than four years it's four and a half years after it's been discontinued and still works it's not up to date, obviously, but it, it still works and it's still fine. And we have done that with this app. We, of course, we wanna we wanna keep the app running. We don't wanna support our users, but we cannot promise anything. Yeah, it, because the issue, the issue, you the also issue can't push that, updates to an app that's no longer for sale. Am I correct in thinking? Right. Yeah. Well, so see, this is where where it gets complicated <laughs> uh, because you because yeah. you can push updates. They just don't show, and you cannot download them, but you can push them. Uh, but what you can yeah. do is, if you if you delete the app, and you re-download it from the purchased apps, then it might be that you get the new version. At least that's what it used to be a few years back when we last tried it. So that is uh, <laughs> one one way to solve it. The other way to solve it, for example, would be, I mean, for on the Mac we could like have a version outside of the App Store, out of the Mac App Store. And just to to keep the to keep it running, and the ultimate last resort would be to maybe put it back online for a short period of time, so that people could get the update and then take it back offline. Yeah, remove it from sale again. But that is really, really the very last resort that I would like to skip, yeah, if possible. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, hop on the subscription train. But uh, if you, the old app will work and. Uh... Just, yeah, I guess, we, we I guess do, case by case, depending. Best. Yeah, this is this is what I can promise. I can promise that we will do our best to keep it running, but that's it. Yeah, so that, that's the only thing that I can promise. And, and I, I can't uh, say as a uh, a subscription user, it's really great having uh, 
two versions of the app because you can have uh, both apps in different spaces for your iOS 11. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, that that is that, that is actually nice. Yeah, that's, that's right. It's a, yeah, it's a it's a bit odd, but yeah, I, I kind of like having that ability. But uh, yeah, I, I understand uh, the subscription version will have some awesome new features as iOS 11 rolls out, which will be nice. Right. Yeah, we, we are working on that at the moment, and it'll have a few really nice changes, I think. When you're not able to write new content and you're not on the subscription itself, you're able to do the import into Ulysses, and if you wanted to use export, right? So there could be some yeah. people that just want to use your app for exporting, and that's something that you'd support, right? Right, yeah. It's nothing, it's nothing we, we would promote. I mean, that'd yeah. be a weird thing to do, but yeah, if you really love the export, yeah. I mean, if, you, if you're not subscribing, it's a markdown styling app, yes. Yeah, okay, yeah, interesting. How'd you decide upon the pricing? Uh, for the app, for the subscription. Yeah, that was really, really difficult. So we had like 30 concepts for the pricing before we settled. We've talked to so many people and we've looked at so many other subscriptions that are out there and, and it really wasn't 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 easy and we looked at what the, the pay price was, sort of took it as a reference, but only loosely because you cannot really compare one thing and the other. And we heard people recommend us to make it much, much more expensive than what we have now, like double or thrice the price. <laughs> really. Oh, wow. Honest, that'd be, that'd be like professional authors only at that point, I think. Right, right, right. But So there's a lot of, there's a lot of input that we got. And I can't exactly tell you how we settled on that. Sort of in a spot where, for example, if you subscribe annually, I, for myself, would consider the price to be extremely cheap. If you take the full annual price of $40, $39.99, that maybe sounds like a lot. But if you put it down on the months and it's $3.33, I think. Yeah, people that use this app, I like... I use this app, and it's something I use daily. I'm in it pretty much all day long at work as I'm working on different projects. It's one of the apps that I think a subscription is something that is a value to me. But, yeah. If you compare it to anything that is not apps, just as an idea, yeah? Yeah. Then it is really, really cheap. For example, in, in my hometown, we have a tram. And one tram ticket is almost as much as one month of Ulysses on the on the annual subscription. So this means I can go for one place to another for two or three miles, or I can use this writing app for a whole month, and it's about the same price. That is what we what 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 we also compare. I mean, we also compare it to other apps, of course, but we also compare it to real life prices all around the world. This is why we why we think that it's a fair price. Yeah, excellent. For iOS users that are just iOS users and maybe don't own an, a Mac, was there any discussion in a iOS only subscription, or was it always let's, you know, development goes both ways, so we might as well just have one one subscription. We of co of course we've discussed that and we've discussed it intensely, and in the end, the the thing is that it is the same app. You know, it is the same app on iPhone. It is the same app on iPad and it is the same app on Mac. And it shares and code the, between the, the, the Mac and iOS, right? Yeah, but all in terms of features, I mean there's there is a few features still missing from the iOS versions, but these are these are smaller features. So 
nothing I would consider to be extremely valuable mm-hmm. or, ex- or ex- extremely important um, changing the app the way you could use the app. So basically what you can say is that the app ex- is exactly the same on all platforms and that we just don't care on which platform you use it because what you get is the tool no matter on which of your Apple devices you want to use it. So that is the thing that we sell this tool and, and the features that it has. And because they are all same on all on all platforms, that's this is just the one price. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. That is our argument, especially if you if you go uh, iPad has become and will with iOS 11 become more more equivalent of a desktop. I can't really really see a reason why iPhone apps need to be cheaper than iPad apps and those need to be cheaper than Mac apps. Yeah. If it's the same features, then those probably should have rather the same price. I mean, right. Historically, seen iPhone apps used to be simpler than iPad apps, and iPad apps used to be simpler than Mac apps. But if that's not the case, then then why should the price differ? Yeah, and as uh, iPad becomes more of a main computer for some people, and with the drag and drop and some of the features Apple's putting into iOS this year and coming forward. The iPad app may become the almost the best version. I mean, right? <laughs> right, right, exactly. <laughs> Is there anything we didn't uh, cover in today's episode that you wanted to talk about? Not really. I think you've pretty much covered everything from history to recent news. And yeah, excellent. Yeah, it's one of my favorite apps on my iPad. It's in my dock, and uh, I'm in it all day long, uh, doing various oh. different projects. And yeah, so thank you for creating such a awesome, awesome app. Thanks a lot for that. Thanks a lot. And for people that want to find more information about Ulysses, is it ulyssesapp.com? What's the URL? Yeah, it's, it's ulyssesapp.com or at ulyssesapp on Twitter or Facebook. If you prefer Facebook, it's, I think, ulyssesapp on Facebook. <laughs> Great. Well, thank you so much, Max, for your time today. It's been wonderful chatting with you. Yeah. Thank you a lot for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of iPad Pros. You can find more information about Ulysses at ulyssesapp.com. You can find the show notes over at iPadPros.net. For those curious, here's what's coming up next for iPad Pros. Very soon, all my thoughts together on different workflows and use cases of using two iPads simultaneously. There's a lot of utility in having two different iPad screens and being able to use two copies of the same app at once. And I'll be diving into that and many more things related to that in a future episode of iPad Pros. Also coming up is an interview I did with Oliver at Boink's Software. They just released a new live streaming iPad app called Mimo Live Recorder that has the potential to allow people to produce really high quality live shows directly from an iPad. So that's just a taste of what's coming out next. I will, of course, be doing some iOS 11 focused shows to help everyone get the most out of the new OS when it hits. I've been living with it and some beta apps all summer and I have a lot to share on that very soon. If you like the show, please review it in iTunes and pass along to a friend. If you have feedback or questions, please send those to iPadProsPodcast at gmail.com. If you have an interesting workflow or use case of the iPad, please get in touch as I'd love to have you on the show to discuss it. You can follow the show on Twitter at iPadProsPodcast, and you can follow me on Twitter at T-C-H-A-T-E-N. With that said, thanks for listening to this episode of iPad Pros.